This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have the weekly crop report from Saskatchewan Agriculture. Most crops are in need of rain, but so far development is normal. There was some frost, mainly in central and northern areas, that may cause crop damage. Farm equipment makers held a panel discussion this past week about online sales to farmers. It was part of Canada's farm show. CN Rail highlights May grain movement and for the first time in over a year did not set a new monthly grain record. We hear from grain market analyst Errol Anderson about this week's volatile grain markets. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. The latest crop reports as most Saskatchewan farmers need more rain, especially in the southern and western regions. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers says there was some rain, mainly in the northeast and east central regions, but most topsoil is dry. We definitely need rain. Uh, hopefully that's not a, a tune that's going out of style, but uh, yeah, just with the, the warm days that we've had and the, the warm days in the forecast and the wind we've had, the soil moisture is just zapped. It's just, it's gone. It's, uh, we really need rain. Which areas did receive some rain this past week? You know, around the uh, Yorkton area and some up in the northeast uh, around Spruce Home uh, and Ryan areas, that's over by Yorkton there, I received some rain. Uh, but other than that, you know, they received about 32 mils, but the rest of the province got practically nothing. So uh, uh, we definitely need it. It's a lot of crops is out there looking stressed. Um, it's maturing quite rapidly under the stress. When it's stressed as, uh, as much as it is, it matures rapidly and that's not a good thing to have. What is the rating for crop development right now? Uh, well, most crops are rated as normal, so 62% of fall cereals, 81% of spring cereals, 70% of oilseed crops, 81% of pulses are at their normal stages. And so that sounds good, but they're maturing at some, I've seen some canola flowering already that's only 8 inches tall, so that's not a good thing to see. So you're saying there is some damage from the dry weather? Certainly, there's a lot of stress from it. Damage is probably on its way, but right now it's just you got you know rapid growth, and they're trying to seed out as quick as they can. What's the topsoil moisture rating for cropland? It's rated as two percent surplus, fifty-six percent adequate, and thirty-six percent short, with six percent very short. Hay and pasture is rated as zero percent surplus, forty-five percent adequate, forty-two percent short, and thirteen very short. So that's dropped quite a bit from last year. And looking forward, I know that the the forecast for the coming weeks is, uh, I think the, the average temperature is about 30 degrees. Um, and so the moisture that's in the soil is going to be sucked out quite quickly and, and used up by plants and then also evaporated. So we need a good general rain. The whole province needs it to carry us forward or uh, things are going to get a little scary. What were the main causes of crop loss this past week? 
The biggest one would be uh, we had a quite a bit of frost actually on the night of the 20th and 21st uh, or the, mo- the morning of the 21st and there's been some damage that's been rated as minor to severe. The biggest, the worry, the biggest crop of concern is canola. It just doesn't take a liking to frost and it can really take a beating. Other than that, wind has been a big issue across the province. We've had some really high, high speed winds and that just picks up the top soil and, and kind of whips it against the plant kind of like a sandblast and, and can cut a whole crop down to nothing. So those are the two big biggest ones this week. Provincial Crop Extension Specialist Matt Struthers compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca and Co-op Hail Insurance. They've been there for farmers for over 75 years and they'll be there for you. Parliament has shut down for the summer and possibly until after the next federal election. There's a strong indication the Prime Minister will dissolve Parliament sometime this summer and trigger an election. Justin Trudeau said this week the minority Parliament has become toxic. Before the closing bell yesterday, several bills made it through the House and over to the Senate, including Bill C-206. That's the Tory bill aimed at exempting propane and natural gas from the federal carbon tax when used for things like drying grain. Only the Liberals opposed the bill in the final vote yesterday, including Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau. There was some interesting discussion about a trend to more online business extending to the farm equipment manufacturing sector. That issue was raised during a panel discussion at Canada's Farm Show last week. First up, Ben Voss with Raven Industries. I think the egg machinery industry and the egg tech industry in general views it as an opportunity and a threat at the same time. Online trends are going to occur whether we like it or not. The particular the fulcrum from the connectivity between machinery and and getting telematics information, being able to understand what's going on in the field, data gathering, all of that is uh, is is here. Purchasing of things can be done online. Egg isn't as big of a market as the consumer segment, so you'd think there would be five or six Amazons for agriculture right now, and I know there's attempts at that, but when you got to buy filters for your tractor, it's not a, you can maybe buy one or two of them on eBay, but most of them you need to still go into the dealership and get them there. And eventually it may reach a scale where it can be done online, but today I think it's still hard to replace. At the flip side, there's a lot of discussion about buying of farm inputs, like fertilizer, seed, chemical, things like that being done online. And uh, a lot of the large egg retailers are moving to that format, uh, being able to develop logistics and tendering and supply to the farm gate through an online format. Looks to be quite promising right now. But transacting machinery other than Richie Brothers going to an online auction format, it's going to be, I think, still a while before you see people wanting to touch it before they buy it, to especially something they've never bought before. They want to understand what it works. That was Ben Voss of Raven Industries. The same question was posed to Trevor Thiessen with Redicop Manufacturing. I think the online format has really opened up new pathways for us to communicate um, with customers, uh, reach customers we couldn't otherwise reach. Like Ben made the comment earlier during COVID, it was very restricted in terms of travel, but digital communication has opened up all kinds of ways to have these kind of calls and conferences with customers all over the world that we you know, we're forced into, but, 
you know, it's also kind of opened up new pathways to sell. However, as I, I think Ben's uh, spot on, it's, it's tough with this technical equipment that farmers want to touch and feel. It's hard to do that all on an online. And there's a lot of complexity. You know, for us, we have to adapt our equipment to the combine that the farmer has. And so there's all kinds of add-on components we have to add to the base unit to make sure it's a good fit. That's very hard to do just on a tick box online. But, you know, there's definitely going to be a trend towards it, as Ben alluded to in the crop input side. Many companies are trying. No one's kind of hit it out of the park just yet, but um, we're going to see more and more of it. Maybe it's going to start with parts and move into larger equipment down the road, but I don't have the crystal ball answer for that one, that's for sure. Trevor Thiessen from Redicop Manufacturing and Ben Voss of Raven Industries participated in an online discussion during Canada's Farm Show last week. This segment has also been brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Joined right now by Drew Lerner of World Weather Inc. Have you seen, when's the last time you saw something like this where it was such a large dry bias pattern? Uh, 2003 was the last time that we had drought from uh, the heart of the prairies to Mexico. A uh, very similar scenario actually played out during that time period. But the difference between 2003 and, and this year is that I think we have an extra year of dryness uh, that we're dealing with uh, You know, in the past is what I'm trying to say. You know, we're in our fourth year of droughty weather in some parts of the prairies. And uh, that makes a big difference. Uh, in 2003, we had the 2000, 2001, 2002 event that preceded it, but it didn't seem to be quite as extreme as we are right now. Now, maybe my memory is just uh, running a little short, but I, I think that we're maybe a little bit in worse shape than we were in that particular year. But I should point out that there are a lot of similarities between the two years and with the pattern that we're seeing prevailing in the atmosphere. I think we can look at 2003 and come to some conclusions about where we're going down the road. We can also do that with a couple of other years, which some uh, will remember very clearly. Uh, One was 1985 and the other one was 1967. And all three of these analog years have had a very similar signature but certainly 2003 is probably the one that that is most similar to what we've got right now as far as the, the broad-based drought in Western North America. Well, tick-tock, tick-tock. Time is ticking here in terms of the health of this crop on the southern part of the prairies. One of the things that you've taught me is that if you're going to break a drought, you want to break it early. You, you want some of those early rains I'm not quite sure we, you know, we did get some rain. I don't want to say we haven't got any, but it really doesn't feel like things have changed. It's bought us more time. How do we break this pattern? And and can we? What what needs to happen here? 
Yeah, boy, that's that's the big question. Uh, we we do need to break the pattern, and the, the unfortunate part of this is that there's not a lot of good reason for the pattern to break. We've got basically a ridge of high pressure that continues to build stronger periodically over western North America in response to the drought itself. Just merely the fact that we have so much dry real estate from Canada to Mexico has created what we call a thermal low. And what that means is we're, we heated up the air and the ground very quickly in these areas so that a broad-based area of basically low pressure has evolved where the air is rising dramatically over all of that area, the, the western United States, parts of the prairies and parts of Mexico. And with all of that rising air, you're getting the air to also heat up and dry down at the same time. And so the end result is that you're building, you're, you're building a high-pressure system aloft in this environment, which is basically being fed because of the drought itself. And until we can do something to bring large amounts of moisture into this environment, the, the whole mechanics for supporting the ridge of high pressure are going to remain in place. So what we need, we need a major storm system to come in from the Pacific that would slam itself into the ridge and knock it down, bring large volumes of moisture into the area. Uh, we could also do it to some limited degree of success by bringing monsoonal moisture from Mexico through the U.S. Rocky Mountains and into the prairies. But that's a big reach and a long ways for that moisture to travel with the high-pressure ridge present, can be really hard to, to allow for that to be the factor that breaks the whole system down. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, we're probably going to have to wait for some seasonal changes to take place because as we go forward from June into July and August, the only thing that happens is the jet stream goes farther to the north and gets weaker, and the weaker it gets, the more difficult it is to get a storm system of size to come and slam into that ridge and break it down. So the unfortunate part is that we may have to wait a while for any kind of serious breakdown to take place. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Showers today, the high 22, the low 9. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, wind west 20, the high 26, the low 15. Saturday, sunny, the high 25, the low 15. Sunday, sunny, the high 26, the low 14. Monday, sunny, the high 29, the low 16. Tuesday, sunny, the high 29, the low 15. Wednesday, sunny and a high of 30. Normal high for this date, 24. The normal low is 10. The sun rose at 448 this morning. It sets at 914 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Valmarie for the second day in a row, only 24 today. The cold spot also in the southwest corner, the hot and cold. The cold spot is Cypress Hills at 12 degrees. In Estevan and Saskatoon, it's 22 this hour. Swift Current, 14. Weyburn, 18. Yorkton, 22. Regina has light rain and 16. That's 61 Fahrenheit. 
Winds are from the north-northwest at 5. Humidity 85%. The barometer is at 101.7. In Moose Jaw, light rain and fog, 15 degrees. Winds are from the northwest at 15. Once again, Regina, light rain and 16. That's 61 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. CN Rail says there was good grain movement in May, but no new monthly record. It breaks the trend of 14 consecutive months of new records for prairie grain shipments. CN Rail Executive Vice President Sean Finn says over 26 million tons of grain have been moved so far this crop year. It's been, again, very good crop year. We're going to end up uh, uh, from the last August to May at 27.6 million uh, million tons of grain, which is uh, 3.5 million tons higher than the th- last three-year average, and 3.4 million more than last year. So obviously, uh, you know, very very strong movement of grain through this uh, this grain season, this grain crop year. Uh, you know, May was a bit softer, which is normal. People receding and uh, and less grain to be moved. So we won't have a record in May, which will be the first time in almost. Um, uh, 16 months, but they're very happy where we are. And obviously, uh, the supply chain between the farmers, the grain companies, us, the ports, and the vessels were all lined up to make sure we move this uh, this record crop uh, as we're moving it uh, out to markets and delivering to our customers, uh, you know, Canadian customers around the world, which is important. So May was a, a bit slower. And first time in what 16 months you haven't set a monthly record. How no. does how does it look? First. How does it look uh, going forward for say fall movement? I think uh, first time in the, since January of 20, uh, 2020, just before the uh, pandemic. But uh, you know we're 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 preparing the grain plan as we speak, uh, Jim. So we're getting ready for uh, what we think will be a pretty good crop season. We were happy to see the rainfall, you know, last week in the week of May twenty second uh, in the prairies, especially in the eastern prairies. So that was helpful. I think that'll help the crop, uh, no doubt, and help our 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 farming uh, the farming community, you know, grow that grain in a way that's a bit more productive for everybody and i think we're going to be i don't think we'll be ready i mean we ordered a thousand new hopper cars from mexico which will come on this uh, this fall so again we have the equipment the locomotives and the people so as this crop starts to finding its way into you know getting a view of what it'll look like we'll be ready uh, to start the crop here very strongly and we're not finished yet we still think there's some grain to be moved we're not meeting records but we're still be we're still you know shipping 4,000, 4,500 cars a week. So that's a pretty good level. Again, not record, but we're more than happy to move it and we're there to do so. So we're staying very focused and make sure we'll be ready for the new crop. Why do you think the numbers were down a bit in May? I think it's a combination of it. It's typically a bit down as people are, you know, are, are either finishing seeding, which was probably done earlier this year. I think it's a question of the market also. And there was so much move in the last the last 16, 17 months that there comes a point where there's just not that grain available to be moved at the levels to, to meet the records. But I mean, you know, that's 20.7, 27.6 million tons is quite a bit. And a lot by container the last uh, this year, over 900,000 tons 
move this crop year uh, in containers. So I think that that's a good indication that that's a, a new way for uh, some of our customers to be moving this product, and we look forward to having that grow as we move forward. Now, we reach you in Washington. You're involved with uh, CN's bid to take over the Kansas City Southern. How is the battle going there? Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, the battle is a big term. I think it's just a question of making sure that decision makers, you know, in Washington and in the states around Kansas City, which is uh, Missouri, Kansas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, all the way into Mexico, understand who CN is, how we do business. And uh, I think uh, this is a great story because it's an opportunity for CN to complete its truly uh, North American network as being the true NAFTA slash USMCA railways. And also it's a great story for Western Canadian grain farmers, I think, as we talk to our Ag Advisory Council and talk about the benefits of this combination, which allows CN to go all the way from Rupert, but also uh, you know Western Canada, all the way into deep into Mexico and serve the U.S. markets. So uh, I think it's a good story for Canadian grain farmers. It'll be up to us to continue to make sure they get great service out of out of Canada, and they'll have access to a pretty great network going into Mexico. So I think it's a, as we look at this a bit more in detail, as we tell our U.S. colleagues, it's a way to connect the continent. CN will be the true USMCA railway, but it also allows us to connect Western Canada to markets deep into the U.S., but also deep into Mexico. And that's a that's a very compelling story when it comes to explaining to people to the Western Canadian grain industry the benefits of this potential uh, combination between CN and KCS. We need uh, regulatory approval in, uh, from the Surface Transportation Board. We're working on that very actively, and we're confident that we're going to be in a position to have uh, a so-called voting trust get the shareholders to vote on our proposal. We're the only merger left. Uh, it's us and KCS, and then uh, clearly explain the benefits to everybody for the next year of this combination before we get final approval the Surface Transportation Board. So we're very excited. We've got a lot to say. We're looking forward to tell our story to our, 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 our ag partners in Western Canada. We think it's a very a very strong story and will be allow us to tell a, a really good story, but also provide great benefits to Western Canadian farm, grain farmers and other, other ag uh, commodities in Western Canada. The CN Rail takeover of the Kansas City Southern Railway is a $33 billion U.S. deal. That's $33 billion with a far reach into Mexico. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And SMHI. Farmers, get your hail insurance coverage with Municipal Hail at an RM office or direct online. Farmers insuring farmers, municipalhail.ca. The hot weather we've already had and the forecast of scorching temperatures next week is creating a lot of volatility in the grain markets. Errol Anderson at Pro Market Communications in Calgary says markets are watching the weather very closely. Well, these markets are all about weather. And uh, right now, you know, we, we've, we've had some rainfalls in the Midwest and that pressured the markets downward. And now we've got this heat wave that's in the Dakotas and in across Western Canada, and that's perking these markets right back up. For instance, uh, the spring wheat ratings in, um, in the U.S. right now dropped significantly last week. We dropped 10% uh, in the good to excellent category. Uh, right now, we're only 27% good to excellent in the U.S., and this is the lowest rating since 1988. Looking at the corn ratings, uh, they're now at 65% uh, good to excellent. It dropped 3% for the week. Uh, the soybean ratings now are 60% good to excellent, which is down 2%. 
and it's the lowest level or lowest ratings on soybeans since 2012. So this is what's causing the volatility, and these markets are really starting to sway on the futures. Anderson says a lengthy heat wave could hit the market hard. Well, you know, certainly it's it's going to spook the market. And, and for instance, the canola market, the November contract, which just last week plunged down towards $650 a ton, uh, has pushed up to about $730 a ton this week. That's a that's a movement of $80 in in two three trading sessions. So, uh, and then to add to that, we've got the Stats Can report, which is out on on Friday for acreage. So we'll have a uh, market. We'll take a look at those uh, acres. But really, uh, if this hot weather stays, uh, look out because we're going to move around. And and as soon as there's rainfall too. Uh, these markets are going to peel off quickly, so it's not for the faint of heart. That's Errol Anderson with Pro Market Communications in Calgary. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork, Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry, creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading. Canola fell 750 at 70297. One red spring wheat dropped 13 cents at 33052. The rest were unchanged. Durham 31783. Feed barley 25465. Flax 67794. Lentils $737.50. Oats 20653. Yellow peas 32857. Feed wheat 23884. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, spring wheat this morning fell two and a quarter cents at eight oh two and a quarter, or pardon me, a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of June the twenty third. A big size run here for this time of the year, 625 cows and bulls, 425 feeder cattle, total of 1,050 for the day. A huge amount of cows moving this time of the year, causing some downward pressure on these cows. Cows were 5 to 6 lower here. D1, D2 cows, $92. Sales to 102, 103. D3 cows, 80 to 90. Cows are averaging 93.75. Good bulls, 105 to 115. Sales to 117, 118. The bulls are averaging 107.75 onto the feeder market. Six to 700 pound steers, 207 to 217. Seven to 800 pound steers, 195 to 203. Eight to 900 pound steers, 185 to 195. Over 900 pound steers, 172 to 182. Onto the heifer side, five to 600 pound heifers, 190 to 208. Six to sevens, 186 to 196. Seven to 800 pound heifers, 176 to 186. Eight to nines, one sixty-six to one seventy-six. Over nine hundred pound heifers, one fifty-two to one sixty-two. Here's some highlights from our sale yesterday, from the Reese Ranch at Melville. Nine hundred pound steers at one eighty-three. On his heifers, eight hundred pound heifers at one seventy-two. Good job to uh, Rice and family. And from the Bowes Farms at Tamsack. 775-pound steers, they topped out at 203.50, and his 800-pound steers topped out at 195.75.
Nice job to the Bose family. This Friday, June the 25th, sheep lamb goat sale. Sale starts at 11 o'clock this Friday. There is no horse sale. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 5,300 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 250 to 266 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,400 head, selling in a range of 247 to 264 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is down, and forward contract prices opened lower this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar is up 45 basis points, with a daily exchange rate at 1.2287. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 81.05 cents US. Later today, the quarterly hogs and pigs report will be released, and analysts' expectations ahead of the report are for animals in all categories and weight classes to come in lower than a year ago. The expectations ahead of the report are not surprising, considering the difficult decisions producers had to make during the height of the COVID-19 plant disruptions last year. Lighter-weighted animals to be marketed later show a range of expectations on both the positive and negative side of year-ago inventories, highlighting some uncertainty on supply further out, but on average available supplies are expected to be tighter than a year ago. This morning, the features market is digesting the information published in this morning's export sales report that showed slightly lower than trend-line volumes of physical deliveries and new net sales commitments. While cumulative deliveries to all export partners year-to-date are 1.4% higher compared to the record 2020 marketing year, the absence of China in terms of new net sales, which showed the fifth lowest commitment for the reporting period this year, will be something to watch. For now, Mexico remains a very important trading partner and has so far made up for some of the softness from China. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Perry Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. Northern Nutrients of Saskatoon has announced construction of a new sulfur-enhanced urea fertilizer facility near Saskatoon. Construction will begin next month with completion set for early 2022. The facility will use the Shell Thiogrow technology, a patented process to incorporate micronized elemental sulfur into urea, resulting in a sulfur form available to plants across the growing season. Northern Nutrients is owned by Ross Gunther, along with Matt and Rob Owens of Emerge Ag Solutions, all residents of Saskatchewan. Owen says the product has been imported for a few years with strong farmer response because of a lower salt index and less dusty than ammonium sulfate. Owens operates Emerge Ag Solutions, a crop input retailer in Eston. On the markets, the TSX is up 43 points at 20,208. The Dow has risen 278 points at 34,152. Oil is down 13 cents at 72.95 a barrel. The Canadian dollar has fallen nine one hundredths of a cent at 81.16 cents U.S., and that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.